Okay. All right. Good. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, as usual, is... Colin, Colin Mitchell. Let's do Colin it. Colin Mitchell. Hey, let's, you let's said Bruni. Let's do this thing. Oh, boy. So, I'm going to tell you, just because. Go ahead. Sco- scoot to your left a little bit. Would you rather have me? Yeah, there you go. You're good. Am I the frame better for the, the stream? For the stream. You're just, you ha- your face is kind of cut, but you can see you. You can see your mouth and eyes and everything, so you're good. That's all that matters. That's, yeah, that's as long all that matters. I'll scoot up. Actually, all right, there we go. There we go. I like all that. Right, I like all right. that. So whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud now, whether you're watching us on the stream, uh, however you're consuming this podcast, we appreciate you. And we're ready to talk some North Texas football today. You want to know what I appreciate, Bruni? What do you appreciate? Yesterday's 44-17 to 17 win over Arkansas. <laughs> it's hard not to That's appreciate That's what I appreciate. <laughs> so uh, we drove up there. Um, we drove up there Saturday morning around 7 o'clock. Yep. 7 in the morning. Left left in. Got there about 12.30 or 1 or so. Game started at 3 and walked super far from where they had us parked. Probably like a mile, a mile and a half or so with all a our gear on walk. us. Terrible um, walk. Yeah. And while we're walking there, um, I realized that I didn't fill out my, uh, my what, what is it called? Credentials? Cred- informational yeah. Information correctly? Yeah. So I started panicking. We had to keep walking around everywhere. Finally figured it out. The lady at the front was super nice and helped me get in there. So, uh, and she she said at the front, she said, <laughs> she's like, oh, we're scared of you guys. And I was like, oh, don't worry. We're scared of you too. I mean, we were no reason to be going scared. into the game. We no were reason to be scared. Of him. But um, yeah, little did we know we had nothing to be afraid of. I'd like to just know that say. it took us an hour to an hour and a half to finally actually get into the stadium. This thing's huge, man. It was crazy. SEC football is amazing. Real deal. They have their own little. It, we 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 walked up. We were walking up, and we're like, this kind of looks like an amusement park. Yeah. And like and like we we go through. He's like. This is the tailgating area? Yeah. And there's like this big area that's all fenced in. They got a statue and... Yeah, they got ho- Statues of hogs are everywhere, first of all. I saw at least three of them. Three separate ones. Three's so, enough. I mean... Where are the eagle statues? Then I saw a live uh, a live Razorback. I don't know. Li- I just called it a pig. I saw the live... Uh, the hog. We'll the call hog. it the hog. Okay, yeah. I saw the live hog. They never the brought case. it out. Well, they didn't score. They scored one touchdown. <laughs> they scored twice. Whatever. Um, oh, you didn't yeah, get any that pictures one of that? Count. The hog? Yeah. Who cares? All right. Hog is no it. longer alive. I, so. I, I tried taking a picture of it. Anyways, um, and then after the game, we walked back. Um, I took a picture in front of. In I went into the. He gave him an L. I he went. In, I went into the uh, the, the tailgating amuse- the, amusement the amusement park. park we'll call it. <laughs> I went where the statue was. I uh, I told Colin to take a picture of me in front of it, and I held up uh, uh, a nice L. In front of it. Fat L. In front of all of the fans that were still there. Yeah, I was like, shoot, take this quickly or else I'm not making it out of yeah, here. It was, it was good. It was good. It was good. So, yeah, that was our experience. Yeah. Uh, the on-the-field experience was um, much more enjoyable, I think, because it yes. didn't, didn't include as much sweat on our bodies, I was definitely still. You were still sweating. It was like 100 degrees on the field. Yeah, I feel bad for you. Um, That's okay. Not really. So, <laughs> 44 to 17. I think the biggest takeaway from this game, Seth Latrell mentioned a lot, was uh, how good the defense was to only allow yeah. 17 points. And one of those touchdowns came. I didn't even see it. I was already writing the story and everything. It came late. late yeah, late. third string was all out there. Third string was out there. It, so, it was just around up the middle. Yeah. So basically, 44 to 10. Yeah. We'll when call it. it we'll, we'll call it 44 to yeah, 10. Yeah. When. <laughs> 
a good amount of the stars were in. I mean, Arkansas pulled their quarterback Cole Kelly pretty pretty early in the fourth quarter. Or third, I think it was third quarter, third quarter, third quarter, late third third quarter. quarter yeah. yeah. They put in that freshman. I'm not gonna remember his name. Um, and, and Johnny they, Jones' son. No, right? no, no. That, oh, he the, was the number thirteen. You're on thirteen. Yeah, number thirteen went in. Yeah, Connor Nolan. Connor Connor Nolan. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Connor Nolan went in, uh, freshman, and uh, then they put in uh, Jerry Jones' grandson who threw a pick six, which we'll get into later. Then they brought back Nolan. Uh, and then, then no one threw a pick six, and they brought back. Nolan didn't throw a pick six. Or pick, no, sorry, not pick six. He threw a pick. Different. Sorry. Yeah, that's my fault. Say. Come on now. All right. Um, the highlight of this game, I think everybody who watched the game knows that it was the amazing punt return by um, Keegan Brewer. And just, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, I'm not sure if you're. I, you, you can't be on social media or anything, I guess, because it's literally everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, millions of views. Bleach Report, ESPN, all the accounts you can think of have tweeted it out yep. at some point in the day. So I mean, it's 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 everywhere. And it I, that was the one play of the game I leg, legitimately like my jaw dropped because yeah. I. Well, okay. My first reaction was we'll get into this actually in a little bit, but I mean, my first reaction was like, why is Keegan Brewer out there and not Jalen Darden? And I was like, something's weird about that. And then I saw him. He didn't call fair catch. And I'm like, wait, he didn't call fair catch. And then he just takes yeah, off. And I was ran. like, oh, my God. Like, oh, okay. my gosh. Oh, my God. All right. And so, yeah, that was that was the play of the game, in my opinion. I don't. We'll see. I don't know how you could say anything else yeah. was. That's going to go down as one of the best special team plays of the year. So Well, so. arguably ever. That, that, that play's only been done one other time. I looked it up. 1989. Forgot the two teams already because it was last yeah, night while driving home. I remember it. But yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. Let's get into the game analysis. Let's do our let's do it deep um, deep dive like we do every week for this North Texas and Arkansas game. Uh, we know all of y'all. I'm ass- we're assuming watched the game, but if you didn't, we'll give you some background. But if you did, we're gonna get pretty deep into all the stats, numbers, everything we saw, everything that we noticed about the game, and uh, let's do it. So I think the first stat, like I mentioned, I, I think we should start with the defense. I think we should Absolutely. start with what the defense yeah. did to Arkansas. The Arkansas, the North Texas defense had six interceptions, five sacks, um, had three. EJ Agio was a freaking monster. 12, <laughs> what a man. Twelve tacks, one sack, three tackles for loss. The, I like that rhyming, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the defense as a whole had five more quarterback hurries. So you're talking about ten times they either sacked or quarterback hurried him. And that's that's not even including like passes where Cole Kelly scrambled out and had to either tuck it and run for like yeah. two yards or just throw it away at the end. I mean, the defense was everywhere, and I think at every level they impressed me with their performance. I mean, the defensive line was monsters up front, and I think that's where I think we should should eh, maybe not where we should start, but that's where we're going to start with the defensive line with Ladarius Hamilton, Roderick Young, Ulausi Tuolo. Um, Bryce English. Bryce English got a lot of snaps. He got a ton of snaps. And so, I mean, what did you see from them um, just in the Arkansas game? Well, going into this game, we both mentioned last week how we didn't think that Arkansas would kill North Texas from the past, but that they thought we thought they'd kill him on the ground. Yes. And uh, I forgot to say his name. Devois? Devois Whaley. Whaley. He, he had... I forgot the amount of yards he had, but he had a, a I got you. crazy. He had, he had nine carries. No, I had oh. this game. I'm talking about last game. Last game he had a hundred, like basically 150 yards. Yeah. It, it, so and he was averaging that. And yeah, you know, SEC running back, you're like, oh, okay, maybe you know, North Texas might have some problem now. Mm-hmm. But instead, North Texas held him 
to nine rushes for 12 yards. Yeah. That's, what? They, um, like you said, coming into the game, we both expected them be, to be able to run the ball, and that's why we both had it as kind of a lower-scoring game for Arkansas. Yeah. Um, and North Texas, because we thought the time of possession would be fairly even, if not in favor of Arkansas, which was true early on. Arkansas's first drive, I think, went like for like four minutes or something, while yeah. North Texas went three and out on their very first drive. So, I mean, you kind of saw it that Devois Whaley was getting carries early. They were trying to stop the run or trying to run the ball, but the defensive line and the front six as a whole really packed it in. Yeah. And, I mean, the safeties came down a little bit more, too, more than we have seen them come down. And they really stacked the box. I think Troy Refford did a great job game planning for that. One thing, too, is when you don't have a good quarterback and Cole Kelly, yeah. I mean, who, I mean, last night was just absolutely the worst. Yeah. We, we will get it to was, him. It was, it was a terrible performance from Cole Kelly. But when you, when you're, when you don't have, a, when you're not scared of the quarterback, you're able to stack the box. You can put eight guys in the box or yeah. seven, and it, that also, I mean, it just makes it way harder for Arkansas. Yeah, one of the things that Troy Refford is known for is his man-to-man defense on the outside, which got them killed last year at yeah. times. I mean. I mean, we whether, talked about it. Yeah, whether it was the cornerbacks not being good enough or whatever it was, Nate Brooks, Kimon Hall, Eric Jenkins last year didn't seem ready to take the man-to-man challenge that they needed to. Um, and also Keyshawn McClain, I don't think, was a great man-to-man covered guy either. But that's regardless of the point. I think that them going man allowed them to do a lot more run stacking than they did um, in the first two games. I think SMU, they did a similar thing because SMU yeah. was supposed to be able to run the ball against them, but they still had Ben Hicks and James Prochet who were competent pass right. players. So I think their defense against Arkansas might have been even more run run heavy stop, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> They've been, they were trying to stop the run yeah, more than they right. were at you. any point in the season. I got so, what you're saying. I mean, I think they did a great job up front with just plugging holes. They mentioned it after the game. Mm-hmm. Bryce English is a, is a tank. I mean, in there. Roderick Young. Ladaris, Jamie King has been Jamie snaps. King um, as an outside linebacker has been doing amazing as well. So, I mean, I think just the front six as a whole run stopping has just been tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guess moving on to secondary. I think we all saw that, that big six for those uh, interceptions. Six interceptions, uh, man. Opened up with a Nate Brooks pick, and it was kind of like, okay, like – yeah. Nate Brooks got a pick, and then he got another pick, and then the whole team, yeah, then Taylor the whole Robinson, team. then Kyrie Muhammad yeah. gets a pick, then Taylor Robinson gets a pick, then Kyrie gets another pick, then Kimon gets a pick six. Yeah, it, it was just like it, it was crazy. And <laughs> I remember you telling me walking to the stadium, you were like, "I'm ready for Nate Brooks to have nine interceptions this game," and he basically <laughs> did have nine interceptions this game. I mean, he was tremendous, and when he, the biggest difference from him last year this year is that I feel like he never gets beat deep. I feel like he I agree. I feel like everything's in front of him. He gave up a couple passes after the first interception, he gave up a couple passes for like fifteen yards, twelve yards, but I felt like he was in control of what he could control. Like he knew he didn't have a safety, so he knew he just played it right. Back. He yeah. played it smart. I think Troy Refit and this defensive staff has done a great job of just getting them all on the same play page. And and to more to your point, the very first play or long deep ball that Arkansas tried to throw, Nate Brooks wasn't assigned to whoever it was. I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, every time they threw the deep ball, Nate Brooks was there. It was yeah. double coverage. Yeah. He knew where to go. He called it out, and it was just Nate Brooks this season seems a lot more disciplined than last season. He knows when to jump around. He knows when to uh, draw back a little bit more. And like you said, if he knows he doesn't have a safety behind him, he kind of gives that cushion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a lot of that yesterday. And 
I mean, they completed, I think, one long pass. Yeah, they, yeah, I think I think they did too. And, um, but I just remember just most <laughs> the game just went by so fast for Arkansas's offense because they just couldn't get anything going. Because I think between the secondary and the then the defensive line, and then you have the linebackers and Brandon Garner, EJ Gia, um, Jamie King, and even Joe Zogu had the tip pass that led to Kyrie Muhammad's interception. Yeah, in the first one. Um, I just they were just dominant and I think the linebackers ability to do what they've been doing all season against an Arkansas offensive line and Arkansas run game is was yeah. was impressive to me to say the least. Yeah. And I, it caught, caught me by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and and people were saying that Arkansas is really bad. They are really bad, but you have to realize that these are Arkan these are SEC athletes. Yeah, these are yeah. the the line and the running back yeah, like, are they they are what they were yeah, they were they were high yeah. three stars. They were yeah, four they're, stars. They're they, not, these are legitimate the, athletes out Arkansas here. Arkansas falters because their quarterback they don't have a quarterback. It's true. If you if you had the quarterback that game might have been a lot closer, probably would have been a lot closer. The line and and the running back and what you know what even the receivers you? I think are and very it, talented and yeah. they they showed a lot of explosiveness ability wise. Just a lot of the passes were overthrown. Like the very first interception of the game Nate Brooks was again giving the giving the cushion, and he just led him way too much. And Nate Brooks was right there and just caught it. Exactly. I mean, Colt Kelly just yeah. Yeah, and and you know those those, I mean they're athletes. That's that's an SEC line. That's Mm -hmm. not just some Liberty line. That's or Incarnate Word line or you know SMU line. That's I mean that's a that's a real deal line. So I uh, I am I completely agree. I think that I mean so that caught me off guard. Again, it's the first year for Arkansas under Chad Morris. And they are now one and two, and they haven't faced a Power Five school yet. But don't worry, they will face Power Five schools in abundance in the SEC in about a week when they play Auburn at Auburn. Hashtag week. sad. Gosh, feels that's gonna bad. Be rough. Feels that's bad. Gonna, that's gonna be bad for them. Um, but the so the, the linebackers, like we said, um, EJ Ajia, Brandon Garner. I think that once again they had control of the game. I think yeah. they were very smart as usual. I think EJ Ajia is blossoming into a Terrific linebacker that's going to be noticed on national stage. Um, I agree. I meant I called. I mean, I'm not gonna say I called it before the season. I don't think it was that hard to call. But EJ Ajia making an all-conference team as a the first team all-conference. I think is going to be a pretty much lock if he continues at this rate. Yeah. And if the defense continues at this rate, so that's promising as well. And so, like I said, I just think Troy Reffitt is. I think he's just he's mixing stuff up a lot. I mean, in the first quarter they just played man. Like I said, they were really trying to stack the box. Second quarter, they played more zone. Mm-hmm. They they only brought three a lot of times. They only brought four a lot of times. The defense line didn't get to um, Kelly as much, obviously, when they did that. But the the secondary and the linebackers just seemed to be everywhere. Nobody yeah. was open. Yeah, nobody was. I mean, and, and like you said, and even Cole, if they were open, yeah, it was a bad you know, throw. But Cole Kelly, too. I mean, too often had to scramble outside, and he just kind of like he looked lost. It was like he didn't know it because yeah. he's probably used to. I'm not, what is he a senior? He is no, he's a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Well, Pretty sure. Ty Story is the junior, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Oh sure. yeah, they switched. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. Ty Story, I guess, was doing bad or whatever. Yeah, he had a bad game against Colorado State. So yeah. they started Cole Kelly in this game, and Cole Kelly was bad. Okay. okay. Um, but when 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 you have when he's going out like that, he's like, okay, maybe I can get one guy open, and it was just it just never came, mm-hmm. and. Um, he either scramble or, or scramble forward for a loss or uh, throw a touch or throw an interception. Yeah, or so. force the ball where it should not have been forced. Um, the I'm not really 
let's go into the Arkansas offense now because I feel like that's easier to transition to than keep than uh, the UNT offense. Okay, I agree. So the Arkansas Cole Kelly um, played the first two and a half quarters to um, booze in the third quarter. Lots of booze. Lots of booze in the third quarter. They were not very happy that he was still in. He finished the game 16 to 35 for 185 yards and four interceptions. But he did have a rushing touchdown. Don't forget that. He is a big dude, man. He, he is huge. He looks he's like, like six, he's 6'5". Yeah, he's got to be 6'5". He's huge, and he's just... The difference gosh. between him and Mason, it's like, it's like what? It's a little yeah. weird. Yeah, they're, they're different in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, on the field. I mean, it's amazing. So, Cole Kelly, again, big guy. Four interceptions, one rushing touchdown. The run game, like you mentioned, was pretty much... Shut down. Yeah, Devoir Whaley had... Nine carries for 12 yards, like you mentioned, and he was the leader in carries by far. They dispersed the rest amongst, like, five guys that yeah. had, like, three, four carries. But I think DeWall Whaley's stats, I think they really tell the story of how locked down they were for the entire game. Agreed. The receivers, I don't think... Again, it's hard to dis- discriminate between... What Arkansas didn't do well and what North Texas did do well. And I think right. as a defense, the secondary, we knew what the secondary was going to be good with Taylor Robinson, with um, Tyreek Davis, Jameel Moore at the nickel corner spots over there. Um, but the, I'm not sure if the Arkansas receivers just weren't able to get any separation or what. I mean, there were a couple times where they had separation and Cole Kelly missed them. But a lot of times, the North Texas defense, especially yeah. when the North Texas dropped seven or eight back, it felt like nobody was open regardless. Absolutely, yeah. And like you said, there was there was two or three times that I remember where a touchdown should have been mm-hmm. uh, caught either on a long ball or even just like, you know, yeah. 15 yard and into the end zone. Um, but, I mean, the North Texas secondary is a far cry from what it was last year. Yes, I mean, is. Nate Brooks, Kimon Hall, obviously so far this season, uh, we talked about this last couple podcasts, is, we thought that they were going to be tested this game, mm. and it just seemed like they were tested and they were up for the test and got a 100 on it. Like, yeah, they 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 knocked they this aced out of the park. it. They that aced it. Be- it was it was amazing to watch from the press box. I can only imagine on the field. I mean, the uh, how because I mean you were close to the sideline for, right. for a majority of the game, or I mean you moved around the field a lot. But how was the North Texas sideline? I mean, especially after the interceptions. We won't get into the punt return yet, but after, yeah. after yeah. the interceptions, just like especially the first one, what was what was the feeling? Because well, North Texas offense. I remember. Kind of I remember one time specifically. I was walking behind the bench, mm-hmm. and it was, Jalen was just sitting down, and all of the receivers and Mason, and they were just like, "We don't got to go out there," like because yeah. every time it was, uh, like they don't have to stay out there for long. I mean, the first one gave him fantastic field position. I believe it was like thirty yards away, yeah. and then. I mean, every single time they just got really great field position yep. and either scored or got a field goal. Yep, that leads into my next point and probably my final point about the Arkansas offense against the North Texas defense. And it kind of transitions into the UNT offense well because this number blew my mind when I saw it yesterday. North Texas offense started on the Arkansas or started on the 50 yard line or in Arkansas territory on 10 of their 18 drives. Oh. <laughs> 10 of their 18 Really, drives. 10? Yes. Wow. So I, I'm going to go re- check this like a sixth time, but I've checked it probably five times. Just hit that refresh button. I, literally, <laughs> I can't believe my eyes. And then another time was on the UNT 44. Um, and then there were like, shoot, there were probably like, of, of the other seven, probably like five of them were on like their 25 for touchbacks. Right. 
20 or 25, whatever, and then a couple were inside their 20. I mean, but, I mean, you think about it, I mean, there were there were a good amount, there were probably six touchbacks. I mean, then they started inside their 20 a lot, but like you said, a lot of times they started on their 50 or yeah. damn near. The offense didn't have to do a lot. Yeah, you think of the Kyrie Muhammad interception started at the nine. You think of uh, the a bunch of the interceptions they started yeah. on, the, on their side, on the Arkansas side of the field, and that's six interceptions. So... I mean, both the Nate Brooks ones happen on their side of the field. You're right. So there's six right there. I mean, then you get the punts um, that started over there. And that also, those 18 possessions don't include the punt return for a touchdown or the interception for a touchdown. So really, there were 20 possessions on the game. And if you count those two, technically 12 started in yeah, the Arkansas Territory. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. And, so and um, that's, that was amazing. I remember looking up at the scoreboard, and it has, like, the stats of the players or whatever. Yeah. And it was, it was North Texas 24-10, and then... Arkansas offense, 186 yards. I'm just around that. Yeah, we'll yeah. say 180 yards. Uh, North Texas, like 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how? Yeah, the, <laughs> even for the game, Arkansas, I think, was a little bit behind North Texas as far as total yards goes. But they didn't have to do, they didn't have to do much. I mean, the, uh, it, was, it was funny because after the game, Seth was asked a question about, your offense didn't play very well, but they put up 44 points. And he just immediately said, well, they didn't put up a lot of those points. And right. it's true. They only had they only put up twenty one points. The offense only put put up yeah. twenty one. Not counting getting into field goal range. All right, they put up three touchdowns. Okay. So yeah, this, the, then the kickoff return, um, there were the punt return, the interceptions fourteen. Then uh, Cole Headland had three field goals of his own. So that's twenty three. Twenty three plus forty one. Twenty one is forty four. I mean, the offense was given great scenarios this game. So yeah, and I think we saw that a lot. And even with that great scenario, they still this is kind of getting into the offensive segment of the game where I think that they they admitted after the game they didn't they didn't think they played very well offensively. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that, but I, and because they uh they had seven three and outs in the game, which isn't which obviously is bad. And but I think they had a revelation this game that that is going to carry them a long way in this season. I think that is the run game um, of Lauren Easley. Yeah, Lauren Easley and uh, even DeAndre Torrey in the backfield, not necessarily rushing. but uh, Yeah, he caught some passes yeah, too. Yeah, he, he caught three passes for uh, 24 yards. Yes, that is and, right. Um, but anyways, run game you were talking about. Lauren Easley, 13 for six or 13, for, 13 carries for 68 uh, yards, 5.2 yards per carry. Again, against... Uh, SEC defense. These guys, yes, go ahead. And uh, the one, there was one 24-yard run that was just like, I mean, he should have been tackled for a loss, and mm-hmm. he just went, yeah. and that was beautiful. Um, but, yeah, these two backs, Lauren Easley and DeAndre Torrey, I think have been, this game at least, kind of hit that, like, okay, we can actually do something now. Mm-hmm. And I know we've been trashing the run game so bad in the well, offensive they, they've line. deserved it. Right, and this game I think they, they kind of uh, made up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still, I think we still need to see more. I agree. I agree. Because their numbers don't even jump off the page to you. It's not like they won the game because they ran the ball really well. Or it's not like they controlled right. the tempo because right, they right. ran the ball really well. But it was just nice to see that they actually have a run game for once. Like yeah. This is the first game where they've actually somewhat gashed um, the Arkansas defense on the ground. That's the first time this season that we've seen that consistently. Lauren Easley had 13 carries for 68 yards and one touchdown. That's 5.2 yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, he is, he, and he had one play where he just trucked a guy. Um, I'm not going to remember what quarter it was. I want to say it was the second quarter where he just ran over a dude. And yeah. it was, um, I, I continue to believe that he is the best 
back at breaking tackles. I think Nick Smith is a quick back. I think he can hit holes pretty pretty hard. I think DeAndre Torrey is probably the best receiving back of any of them because of his agility. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Lauren Easley is the best run running back of yeah. the group. So. And, and Mason didn't have the best game uh, that he's ever had. Uh, 25 for, I think, 48. For the worst game of the season. 24 of 45. 24 of 45, okay. For two, one, 281 yards, a touchdown, and one rushing touchdown. And I'm not so. saying that's that's terrible. That's, of course not. not uh, 281 yards is going to be what an average Solid. quarterback yeah. should, should throw, but Mason's not average. But mm-hmm. there was there was some time. I mean, he was getting frustrated early, and to have that run game to kind of fall back on just to get some kind of momentum, Yeah, I think, I think that helped. If you were going to have the run game that they had, the last two games where it was you're averaging one yard a carry yeah. or almost two yards a carry. It would have been much it would have been. It could have been a completely different game. I agree. The Mason Pine also had a long pa- touchdown pass to Rico Busty that was called back for a holding call that apparently was really bad. I didn't see it. The, in the press box, the, te- the televisions were really small and spread out, which surprised me. <laughs> but because, press box trashing? I mean, <laughs> it's a nice press box. I'm just saying it was just, I was like, where the hell are the TVs? So he had that, and then he also had um, the throw to Jalen Darden. Yeah, the throw, Gar- th- Jalen Guyton in uh, the end zone. I'm talking, talking Jalen. He also had another ball oh, to Jalen Darden. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. He did. That was called back as well. Yeah. And then he had Jalen Guyton in the end zone as well. Who dro- Jalen Guyton just it dropped just the drop pass. pass wide open. That was no. that was one of two drop passes by him in yeah. the game. Yeah. Really weird. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to jump to conclusions because he had a great SMU game, had an average UIW game, and then had a bad game against Arkansas. Even I would, though he did have one big play that was really nice. but I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad because Mason still – I mean, it's only 281 yards. I think we're, I think we're like we're used to Mason throwing. No, I'm talking about Guyton. Right. Sorry, but yeah. I, think, I think we're used to Mason throwing for 400-something yards. So then it's his true. stats – he does have stats. It's true. Um, when you only hit – I mean, he yeah, has seven this receivers. Is, this is a legit defense, and you have to catch that pass in the end zone. Right, no, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not giving a pass on that. Yeah. I'm saying I think I, I think we're used to seeing Jalen with especially last season, hundred something yards on like nine it's catches. True. And that could happen in conference still, but I think I don't think it's necessarily I think it's something to look at, but I don't think it's it's bad yet. I agree with that. I, that's agree. What I, th- I think that saying. also another thing that we have to mention, um is that he a lot of times he went against uh Petey or Ryan Ryan sorry, Ryan Pulley from Arkansas probably a cornerback that's going to be if not drafted then he's going to definitely be in a camp and definitely do some things in the nfl he um he can play and a lot of times he lined up across from Jalen guy yeah but a lot of times he didn't a lot of times he guarded um de- defended rico bussy so i mean it's i think he needs to catch that touchdown pass that's gonna know yeah, no, that's gonna yeah. stick with me for when a while. i saw that i was, I was like because like, i was taking pictures with, with a really long lens and i'm yeah. like looking at it I took the picture, and I'm looking at my camera, and I look up, waiting to see Cole Headland come up, and I was like, wait, what? I like looked around, and I was like, I don't know yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, so that that was that kind of irked me, and that's going to stay with me. So, guy, and he ended up with two catches for 42 yards. He should have had a touchdown, probably, if Mason puts a little bit better ball in the, I think it was the third quarter. Um, yeah, on, the, on his... On his uh, there, was a deep, there was a deep route where he got yeah. open pretty well, and but he, it was underthrown. So, that, um, let's get to the receivers. There were three receivers with five receptions, and they led the team, which is in, which is pretty insane. Jalen Darden had five receptions for 87 yards. Kelvin Smith had five catches for 60 yards. Uh, Enrico Bussi had five catches for 27 yards uh, and a touchdown. So, And Kelvin Smith also had the fumble in the fourth quarter. 
that's another time where Texas was marching in and yeah. scored a touchdown. But they yeah, didn't. and it was just a really good play by an Arkansas defender. Yeah, he hit, he hit the ball with his helmet. Um, so as an offense, I think we've we've hit on pretty much everything. We, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I, th- I think we've hit on pretty much everything. Mason Fine was average. Lauren Easley was really good, and the receivers were were pretty pretty good. They got a lot yeah. of separation they a did, lot of times. That they, I they made Mason's job way easier. I agree, especially the deep balls. Jalen Darden did a great job. Yeah, Rico Busty did as well. So I think the deep ball was working well for them as well. I I think I think for the future though, for anyone that is worried that the passing game is all of a sudden not good. I promise you, Mason will still tear up Conference USA. Oh yes. These this Arkansas defense is far and above the best defense they'll face all season. Um, I, I think agree. so. I uh, don't don't be don't be afraid. I agree. I think FAU's <laughs> defense will be really good too, but I think I they'll be think good, but they're not going to be the athletes that is an SEC defense. I agree. So so that that is our game analysis, and I think I mean I think we can include defense dominates and offense in that as well. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we didn't get to is the what I'm calling the Biagi special because oh. I think that has a really good ring to it. I like in it. my opinion. The Biagi special. It sounds like you go to an Italian restaurant. You're like, hey, give me the Biagi special. <laughs> so, give me the Biagi then special. Then they give you an, I want... a 90-yard punt return. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Arkansas, they didn't order it, but they got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Marty Biagi is the special teams coordinator, and he has been... Gosh, he's been good. I mean, DeAndre Torrey had a kick return for a touchdown against SMU. Now you have this punt return for a touchdown. And you also have Cole Headland, who hasn't missed, a, missed an extra point or missed a field goal or an extra point. And then you have Alvin Kenworthy, who's also doing great as a punter. The special teams is doing amazing through three weeks of the season. I mean, I that's that's my take on the overall thing. Yeah. We'll get into the BLG special in a minute, but Cole Headland re- returning home. I, I felt nervous for him, but he he had a couple extra points to get him going, you know, yeah. right off the bat. So, yeah. I mean, that, that made life easier. It's so weird because before the season, we were like, the special team is going to be really bad. Or not as good. We it thought is. we were afraid of the punting situation. We were afraid of the kicking situation. We were we didn't know what to expect from the returners mm-hmm. in terms of punt returns and kick returns. Yes. Um, and it was just like a big question mark. First game, we're like, okay, Cole Headland's legit. Second game, we're like, okay, punting and kicking still legit. And DeAndre Torrey. And it's, or was that DeAndre Torrey's the, first um, game? DeAndre Torrey was the first game. Okay. Kick returning was the first yes, game. Kick return was first And game. it was like, okay. And then this game solidified the comeback of the special teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was amazing. We didn't have anything like this last year. No. When we watched North Texas. And, it, I mean, and, it, and, it, and it, we thought last year's special team was good. Yeah. In terms of kicking and punting, the punting was good enough. The punting was was good enough. I think Kenworthy's exceeded my expectations for him. Far and above. I mean, I think yeah. he's pinned. He had a couple pins. like at He the, had a one yard. Yeah, he had a one yarder. I mean, again, a lot of that's recovery or um, punt recovery. but And then he had one that went in the end zone barely. I mean, he had a couple really, really nice punts out there. Um, I'm going to tweet out the link because I didn't tweet it out. All right, I'm going to quote your tweet, actually, and say, come check us out. So <laughs> okay. give, it, give me a minute. But... Getting back Come to the special teams, period. Keegan Brewer, who muffed a punt the very first game, <laughs> I is was now nervous when he rolled out there. Is now solidified in North Texas history God, he's, as he's, what may be the best special teams play ever. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I need, um, would you? Yeah, you just, since it's your it's your it's namesake, Biagi special. Explain tweeted. explain the play. Explain it's the tweeted. play. Okay, 
so here's what happened. This is the second time, this was the second time that Keegan Brewer went out for a punt return. He lined up at around his 10, and again, I'm expect, I'm like, why, what happened to Jalen Darden? Something must have happened to Jalen Darden. And when Keegan Brewer was out there, again, it was only 7-0, I was like, I've seen this guy muff a punt before, and this is, this is going to be scary. Right. So, the first one, the first, his first kick return, I don't, uh, he didn't feel that, I'm pretty sure, it just went out of bounds or something, he let it roll. And this one, he fair. <laughs> it looked like he, f- he was going to fair catch it at the 10. It felt like he had no reason to return it. Or I was waiting for him to fair catch it. So he okay. lined up at the 10. He did a little motion with his hands. If you're watching on the stream, you'll understand. He basically, or if you watched a play, which you he should have. Like, he, he, he was kind of like, he was moving. He didn't put bo- anything above his chest. It was like he was trying to like moving act his like arms. he was moving. Yeah, he was like moving his hands like, like this, like kind of like signaling like, I don't know. He wasn't signaling anything, really. He was just acting like he was calling fair catch. Anyway. Right. Uh, just to give him hand motion. Because if he had just caught the, pat, uh, caught the punt, they would have hit him. So he did all that. He caught the punt. And he starts walking. And I'm just like, man, he, I, I didn't see him call. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah, I didn't see him call <laughs> fair catch. I was like, is it that easy to just fair catch? Like, is it just a known thing now that you're going to fair catch that ball now? And so he takes a couple spe- steps. And... I it, okay. It looked like to me when I first watched it that I didn't even think that it was a it was a call to play. I thought it was just him like him just like catching it and just walking and then like <laughs> oh well I guess I didn't really call fair catch and then he just takes off down the left sideline and then because people hit the North Texas teammates around him didn't even react like when he caught the ball and took a couple steps. And then once he starts sprinting, they're like, oh. And then they start blocking for him, but there was really nobody to even block at that right. point. Right. I mean, it, Arkansas was caught so far off guard. And he mentioned in his, uh, his postgame uh, press conference that one, a 31 specifically, the guy who walked directly in front of him, yeah. like, basically could have just kissed him, yeah. was like, huh, he didn't call the whistle. And then he can just start walking and yeah, they just takes off. Just took off. It was it was it was hilarious, and uh, but then uh, like you said after the game we learned that it was a play it was a play call it was talked about in advance they saw how Arkansas pulled off um, in past games and mm-hmm. they thought they could try it. Um, <laughs> Biaggi ran it past Latrell. He ran it past everybody. Everyone knew that it was going to yeah. happen. On the field and on the sidelines, they were like, "Okay, let's see if this works." They're like, "Okay, here we go, boys. Here we go, boys. It's like a, it's like a rocket's taking off or something. This is good. This is like, this could go really bad or really good. Yeah, there could something bad is gonna happen if this goes bad. So, Keegan, um, everybody was happy on the sideline. You were there. I mean, you can tell me more. Tell us more about it. I just saw Mason doing his high step thing that he always does, yeah. where he's like, ah. <laughs> Mason's high step's the best Mason, thing. Mason, oh man, yeah, Mason's enthusiasm is hilarious. <laughs> so I mean, I just I saw that. I saw everyone getting hyped. Again, it still didn't even look like the players on the field knew exactly what was happening, but I mean, they did. They formed a wall around him basically. And yeah, guide him to the end and, zone. And looking into it more, I've, I've read, I read a few things. Apparently, they've been practicing this place since fall camp, and it was basically like Biagi was like, hey. Yo, Keegan, I'm going to try something. Trust me. We're going to practice this till we do it right every single time, and we'll run it in a game. He was like, all right. Jesus. All right, coach. Let me just put my body on the line for you. Gosh. And uh, so uh, another thing, too, is that the blockers had to – I read this uh, SB Nation story. The blockers had to – This is he also asked Biagi. This is uh-huh. how the, the SB Nation reporter yeah. did. He said that the blockers had to block – 
for just long enough to where it distracted all the defenders, yeah. but didn't give it away that they were they were blocking for him yeah, to for return the punt. It. And it was pulled off perfectly. I was I was I was uh, parallel to Keegan, and when he caught the ball, he kind of stared at the at thirty one mm-hmm. and was like hopping up and down on his toes, like he like yeah. just pulled something off. And I was like in my head, I was like, something's not right. Like yeah. I was like, what's happening? And he ran. Man, I, it was crazy. It was it was amazing. I mean, Seth Seth after the games mentioned how much fun that was. He was like, I I was a fan on that play. You got to be a fan <laughs> on those. I mean, he he was he was enjoying it. And I feel like while that was the play of the game, um, I mean, it was definitely the play of the game. I mean, the defense won them the game. I feel like, but that play really just ignited. Everything. It made Arkansas just feel bad. It was like, I mean. The thing is, I'm in the press box with a bunch of Arkansas people, and the guy next to me didn't work for, like, a paper or anything, so he was just there basically as a fan. Um, I mean, he didn't cheer loudly or anything in the press box. Right. But still, he was just, like, he was, like, in awe, and then he, like, crumbled his bag of chips really hard. He was, like, angry. And then, I mean, later in the game, he was like, this is embarrassing. And uh, he thought I was an Arkansas guy, but I, I wasn't. I told him. I was like, he was like, oh, so you enjoy this? And I was like... Yeah, no, not really. I but on the inside, off. you were like, "Let's go." On the inside, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what am I watching?" We were texting back and forth, Bree and I, and we were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And then he's like, "I just want to run around." And <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I just want to let out a loud yell in this press box, but I would be kicked out immediately." So, um, but yeah, that's the Biagi special, pretty much. I don't think we're ever gonna see that again. No, uh, ever again. Yeah, ever again. There's film on it now. Not yeah. happening I don't again. Think, and I don't think I think every special teams coach is now teaching their uh, punt coverage teams to look for that now. I like get at, at every level of NFL and, and college. I mean, in a, but I bet you in high school that's gonna happen a lot now. Right? I feel like it could. I feel like somebody needs to do that. I can't, yeah, I'm gonna talk to. The Denton High School coach. Might, might, we'll see. Might have to give him a few pointers. You know. Give him some game film. I'm, I'm going to be an interim <laughs> special teams coach. Coach. The, the Bruni special. The Bruni special. No. It's always the Biagi special from that, from here on. So that's the Biagi special. That was amazing. We, we, we kind of switched up the Biagi special on offense. So I think now we need to move on to the most important thing of this game. It wasn't the win. It was the impact of the win. Yeah, I think. So we gave you all the whole breakdown of the game. We know what happened in it. We know why it happened. Um, but I think even more so, the Im- the importance of this win and the significance of this win was seen right after the game. I'm not sure if it had correlation or not, but North Texas landed their 21st recruit of the 2019 class. Right. Um, in a three-star cornerback. I'm not going to remember his name. I'm sorry. But... It's on the 24-7 site if y'all want to go check it out. You sent out a newsletter, right? Yeah, we sent out a newsletter. So if you want to subscribe to our um, newsletter for free, we, we sent out all the breaking news and everything. But regardless of that plug, they they signed the their 21st recruit um, in a three-star cornerback. And it, that kind of felt like it just like it came – I don't know if I – I have no clue if it came because of the, the game or not. I mean, not, it was really late. It, it was right after the game. <laughs> yeah. Like Seth said, he called him on the plane – headed home yeah so i mean something had to have clicked i mean he definitely was watching the game so right. he wouldn't have called during the game it's not like right. he gets into voicemail <laughs> but um i mean it just the timing of it felt amazing and i think that's more than anything when you're recruiting in this south when you're recruiting against Ar- arkansas oklahoma's um not specific not specifically those universities but 
the areas, the states, right. Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas. Um, TCU. Yeah, I mean, you're recruiting in Texas is a huge, obviously, population uh, for football players. But I just think that is where the biggest impact is going to come from this game. And I think it's going to be seen in recruiting. And I think into the 2020 class, I think could be even better than the 2019 class if this team goes 10 and 2, 11 and 1, 12 and 0, 14 and 0, 14 and 0. I mean, <laughs> gosh, dang! This this um this win is going to do some big things. I think for for this and, for this program, and, uh, recruiting wise. Uh, yeah, not only not only recruiting, but just for the university itself. I mean, athletics for universities matters so much to just the image of a school. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think back to the one eleven season, I know you weren't a student, but I was. Of course, it not. was like, why are we here? Like, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. why? It's like, why? Why? Because. Because before, like you're you're hype. You see the 2013 Bulls season. You're like, okay, the team's improving. You yeah. see Zach Warren in the NFL, um, and it's like, the team could be good. It could. Be, you don't expect obviously like a Texas level. Yeah. But you expect to have something entertaining, something to look forward to, when you're dying in classes. And after that 111, it's like, why did I go here? And then you get Seth, you get Mason, and it's like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, this it, is this is this is it's crazy. It's awesome to watch when you're a, you were a student during that freshman year my freshman year yeah 111 and then it's like this team is now the best best team in conference usa mm-hmm. and has votes by the way apparently five <laughs> five votes for top we'll 25 see. well i think we'll know a lot in two weeks if, after the louisiana tech game as far as votes go we'll, right we'll see how those continue to trend right but, um like you mentioned i think school spirit i think is the biggest thing i mean being on campus uh personally you see a lot, a lot more green than I saw my freshman year, which was Seth Luttrell's first year. And you definitely see, you you definitely see a reflection in attendance. You definitely see a reflection in road attendance. Right. I mean, there were probably yeah, there was at least fifteen hundred, two thousand people. Yeah, I was gonna people. say two thousand people. Yeah. There for North Texas, they had their own section. I mean, they they came to play. Um, the, the those fans did, and so kudos to them for for making that drive because I know it was not easy from personal experience. Right. But they probably stayed in a hotel and didn't have to drive back at 2 in the morning. Very true fact. So, <laughs> so um, but like I said, I just think the school spirit is off the charts right now. I mean, what was that ESPN stats and infographic that uh, North Texas was the 10th happiest uh, fans? Yeah, fan North base? Te- yeah, yeah, 10th happiest fan base in the country for FBS. Yeah. I believe it. I yeah. mean, it's probably like top five at this point. <laughs> yeah, after exactly. After beating Arkansas, um, I'm not sure how much happier you can get as a program because this program has seen the bottom. Yeah, it's been there. You were a freshman. Like, we we saw the bottom. I didn't see it, but y'all saw the bottom. Right. It's, it's not far in the past. So I mean, I just think that everyone likes a good comeback story. Yeah, to get it's to a huge comeback to story. go from losing sixty six to seven to the FCS school Portland State and set set an FBS record for a loss Worst to an loss. FCS yeah. school to come through and win against an SEC team, which the team hasn't done in forty years or fifty years, however long it is. Yeah, it's seventy five, nineteen seventy five. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were gonna say seventy five years. I was like, dang. No, um, no, no. But yeah, I mean, the school just this, the UNT just feels better. But I have a question for you. Okay. Since we're basically rivals with SMU, do you think UNT has surpassed SMU in terms of the image of its athletic program? No, because SMU. I mean, it's it. We have to see what the basketball program does. If the basketball program is top three in conference USA and lights it up, and SMU has a down year, um, then maybe. But SMU has had a team 
has has good basketball teams as right. well. And just last year that they were they were way better than us at football as well. So this is the first year that I think that they that North Texas probably will will have a better image than SMU this year. Right. But it's, it'll take it'll take time for North Texas to actually build it up because the basketball team hasn't been good since 2003. I mean 2000. What, what was it? There, 2011. When was Johnny Jones? When was Johnny Jones was last season? That was the last season, Johnny yeah. Jones. Yeah, because then Benford from there. I mean, so you have those years where the football team and basketball team were good. I mean, that's what you have to have. And like for instance, Arkansas's baseball team was amazing last year. Not that we completely remember because we're in Texas and it's football season, but I mean, you have to have at least a team that's doing something on the national level at all times, I feel like. And SMU usually has that, um, even if right now I don't, they don't. So, I mean, it's, it'll take a while. I think if this football team stays on the upward trend, obviously, national attention will come. Basketball team has to stay on the upward trend, and then I think this year, and I think for a couple more years, I think they, North Texas could be ahead of SMU, but... It'll take it'll take some time. It'll take yeah, yeah. it'll take some time. No, so that. that that's a that's a good question though because I I think everyone's hoping it's close. I think everyone's hoping it's got to be close. I think everyone's <laughs> hoping that they will soon. Um, well, all right. Is there anything else for the importance you want to get to? No. All right. Next up, we have the something or nothing. I like this segment. This is this is the segment. This is, this is my favorite. Where thing. I make the questions here. Um, okay. I give you an option whether something is something or nothing. And, Self-explanatory. Uh, I like it. <laughs> it's pretty pretty simple to follow for the podcast listeners out here. Um, so I have four things. You have to tell me whether it's something or nothing. Okay. Obviously, um, I'm not going to be general. I'm going to be specific because the win was definitely something. Like we Correct. Um, so my first question to you, something or nothing, I will also answer this. But I want Colin to get an authentic response. Something or nothing, Jalen Guyton's drop in the end zone. Ooh. And I, you could take this on a bigger scale for him. Will like. Okay. Jalen Guyton's drop in the end zone. How does that make you feel going ahead? Okay. So season? as we said before, how how it makes me feel is when I saw that I was like, dang, he just dropped that pass, and it, that's a pass you see Jalen hit. Ninety-nine I mean, times. Yeah. 100. I, it, he doesn't drop uh-huh. ever. He he is he has pretty solid hands. Um, I think there is some kind of uh, not hysteria or anything like that, but people are starting to think like because with Rico being successful, that maybe Jalen's kind of fallen off. Yeah, a little with bit. all the receivers that have taken a step forward, right? And right. they think that Jalen might have fallen off a bit. Uh, you kind of saw that toward the end of last season. He, I mean, before the concussion, of obviously, um, he didn't have those 100 yard games um, anymore. After I think it was the Iowa game, he. he or before the um, Iowa game? No, it was it was after the Iowa game. It was after like the halfway point of the season. Was it okay? Yeah, because it was in conference play. He had a couple of big games. He had uh, a couple of big games against like Southern Miss and stuff last okay, year. Okay, yeah, in I know conference. what you're talking about. I know what you're but talking about. But then I think maybe even after the Southern Miss game, it might have been where it happened, uh, where the kind of the drop off came. But uh, then the concussion happened. Right. Yeah. So so, so then, there was that yeah. there was that drop drop off, and it was like okay, are we gonna see the 100 yard a game no yeah. matter what Jalen Guyton? Yeah. Um, we saw it in SMU. Jalen was fantastic. Liberty was. Just kind of normal, and then this game it was like you expected more, but then again it is Arkansas. There is Rico, there is Jalen, there is there are legit corners from Arkansas right. that can legitimately and, and play. You have, yes. you have to put that in perspective. So, if uh, do I think it's something or nothing? I think it is nothing for the grand scheme of Jalen Guyton being the number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think you just have too many weapons, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen. If you have 
If you have, if you just had him, he'd be getting. It's like Carlos Harris Jr. Uh, yeah. a few years ago. He's got every, uh, yeah. got every pass, but he wasn't that really great of a receiver. Of so um, I don't think anything's wrong with Jalen. He might have. It was just a bad pass. I, I mean, a bad drop. Yeah, so. it was. I see. This was really tough for me. That's why I put it here because I wanted to hear what you were gonna say. Yeah. Because I I do think that either he's in his own head or something something's not a hundred percent right with him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we'll ever know exactly what it is unless I do a third feature on him. <laughs> um, but I think I'm gonna say it's nothing as well because I think you're right. I think that the emergence of other receivers kind of we don't they don't Mason doesn't need to force the ball to him. So I think right. that that's a big thing. And I think that if they did force the ball to him, maybe he gets comfortable earlier. Maybe he gets more yards earlier. Maybe he gets those little you know slant routes or drag routes, whatever they mm-hmm. are, to get comfortable. So I think that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's nothing, even though it's kind of it's tough. I think I think there is something kind of going on with Jalen, but I think he's still gonna have a really good season. I'd be, yeah. I'd be shocked if he he's not gonna fall off. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if he continued to have two catches for 40 yard games. Yeah, the, the whole season. And 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 even more to put this in more perspective, you have to think he had Kyler Murray and Allen. He was by far the number one receiver on it's that true. team. It's true, that team was stacked. And last year he was by far, far and away the number one receiver until the emergence of Michael Lawrence and Rico Bussey. So uh, I don't think it's that big of a fall true. off now. All right, next up is. Something or nothing, Nick Smith not getting a single carry. Ooh. See, I like this one. I'm I good. Think, I'm glad you like it. I think, I think it is something. Okay. Um, I think the emergence of Lauren Easley and um, DeAndre Torrey has been really good for this. I mean, evident by last of night. Of course. Has yeah. been really great. Um, I don't know what it is with Nick Smith because, I mean, last season after Jeff, we were just like, okay, Nick Smith is going to be the new number yeah. one. Split, split some carries, obviously, but he was going to be the number one for sure. And we never saw. We haven't seen that yet. He got. Uh, yeah. He split the carries at SMU. Liberty. He didn't really carry the ball a whole lot at all. Yeah, I think Lauren easily even started at, at uh, SMU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, then this game, you'd expect to see him because he's had experience. He's been around the team. Yeah. And you didn't see him. He never. He just was non-existent. And I don't know if that is a attitude thing or an injury thing, but it's it's. Something in the fact that I don't think we will see him much this season. Interesting. Um, because I think Lauren Easley and DeAndre Torrey are going to be the featured backs. Do you think... That's a side question before I get That's into okay. what I think. Yeah, yeah. Do you think DeAndre Torrey and Lauren Easley are better than Nick Smith? And if so, by how much? In terms of their combined presence or just... No, individually. Individually, I think Lauren Easley is... It, like, where do you? how do you rank them right now? And how big is the gap? If it was all phases of the game, like in terms of passing and yeah, uh, catch, no, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm yeah. saying that. If it's if it's running and in catching passes, yeah. I think uh, they are above him. Yes, I think DeAndre Torrey is the second, um, just because he is so shifty and is able to you yeah. know cut really well. Um, I think Nick Smith's a better running runner than DeAndre, DeAndre Torrey, Torrey, but uh-huh. I don't think it's so much more to where it's uh, it puts him at sep- yeah. number two. I but pretty, go ahead. I think Lauren Easley is going to be the number one. Okay, yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they have. I think the big thing here is that they don't need receiving running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think, and I, I do think Lauren Easley is the better running running back, like I mentioned earlier. But I, I can see like DeAndre Torrey coming in just for a couple routes of, yeah. the, of the, every game. And, and he did. I, he did at the Arkansas game. He only he only ran uh, three times. Yeah. And then he caught three balls. So. Yeah. So I mean, with all the receivers they have, they don't need the running backs to come out and catch tons of passes. So. I think that's a big thing as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you, and say that it is something because 
Nick Smith, like you mentioned, is, was supposed to be the feature back coming in, and we know what he can do with, with the ball, but I just think Lauren Eatley gives them something that Jeffrey Wilson kind of showed last year. I think he gives them more of not just the power game, but he gives them a little bit more of a burst right. as an offense, and I feel like he's... I just feel like he's better at making something out of nothing a lot of times like he did with that long run yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's something as well. I'm worried for Nick Smith. How much, how, much, how much do you think you'll see Nick Smith this season? I think there'll be games. There'll be games where he gets good carries. And I, I'm not just saying blowouts. I think there will be a couple games. I think there'll be like three or four games where he'll get like six, seven, eight carries. But we'll see when there's yeah. So Yeah. Um, next up on some, something or nothing – Something or nothing are... Okay, here, here's how I phrase this. I'm sorry. I got to get better at phrasing these questions. So, is FAU's early struggles... Or are FAU's... F, or, gosh, I suck. Are <laughs> FAU's early struggles something or nothing? Okay. So, to pre, uh, preface... Pre, how preface. do you say that? Preface. Preface this. Last night, FAU played Bethune Cookman. Mm-hmm. North Texas played them uh, two seasons ago. I believe as, so. As their F, SCS yes, school. Yes, yes, yes. They beat them 40-something to 20-something. Of course. Um... I don't remember. FAU last night played them. They won forty nine to twenty eight by twenty one points. So yeah, I mean they blew them out. But to have FAU dominated North Texas last season, absolutely destroyed. There's no other way to say it. They got wrecked, and uh, they didn't. uh, They didn't allow twenty one points. No, I don't think so. Uh, It was seventeen. One game, I think it was ten. The other, yeah. I mean, they won so convincingly. I mean, over the top convincingly. Um, being the top school in Conference USA, and they allowed 21 points against an FCS school. 28? 28 points or 21 points? 21 points. Okay. Uh, and I have to check that because now... You said 49-28 initially, so I want to make sure we get that right. Okay. Right, right now we'll what just... What was the final? Yeah. Um, let me see. All right, that's okay. Um, but, but to continue my point, I don't think that um, this team is as good as last year. I think that it is something because FAU... I think might have had a really huge fall off compared to last season, and I don't know if that's just because they lost playmakers or whatever. Because they were fast last season, mm-hmm. they had all those uh, um, last chance U players who <laughs> were. Did. I mean, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and um, they just destroyed the conference with yeah. them. I think the offense. I think should 28. be twenty-eight. Yeah. So forty-nine, twenty-eight. Okay, yeah. you were right initially. The um, just to preface it even more, they lost. They got blown out by Oklahoma. Like fifty-five to seven, I think. Yeah, which I think I mean, not a ca- huge deal, but I mean fifty-five to seven. Yeah, you look they at scored that. late too. I mean, they didn't. Their yeah. offense did absolutely nothing against Oklahoma. Um, Air Force, they beat 30, 31 to twenty-seven, thirty-three twenty-seven, I think thirty-three twenty-seven, something like that. Uh, let me look. High twenties to low thirties, basically. Yeah. And uh, so that wasn't a great outing. And then you have Bethune Cookman who puts up twenty-eight points on this defense. It's kind of really weird. And- um, hold on, let me make sure I see. We this don't right know. Now. We don't know exactly. Again, we didn't watch the game. We were in Arkansas. We didn't watch the FAU Bethune Cookman game. Mm-hmm. So there could have been some layers to it that we don't understand. But well, to, overall, to that point, we, it was they scored twenty nine points in the first quarter, twenty nine to zero against Bethune Cookman, and then they probably it looks yeah, like okay. they probably put in their okay. their second. So yeah, string. I don't think we should take too much out of the Bethune Cookman game, but I think we can take enough out of the first two games because the first two games really mattered to them, Oklahoma and. Uh, Air, Air Force. Force, who isn't so, a powerhouse. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So, um, did you say something or nothing? You said something. I right? said it is something. I don't. Okay. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think FAU is going to be a terrible team in conference. I don't think. I think they were, they will be the second. Have the second best record in conference USA. Um, 
But I do think that North Texas has a way better chance of winning and evident by the Arkansas win. And yeah. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. I think it'll be a good game. But I think I think yeah. this is good for uh, North Texas in terms of trying to get yeah. that perfect yeah, uh, these, record in yeah, conference. Yeah, these two teams don't meet. North Texas and FAU don't meet until week 11. So we have a long ways to go. Yeah, uh, this and will be have, a storyline throughout. Yeah, they have a lot of – we'll be keeping an eye on them throughout. Um, I, I think that it is something as well – yeah, I mean the OU loss really sticks with me more than a lot of more than it probably does for a lot of people. Lose fifty, but to lose by that much and not even like have a chance. I mean, it obviously OU is one of the top five teams in the country. FAU though coming into the season was expected to be a top 30, 40. People picked them to upset team. OU. I mean, yeah, that, some people did do that. Um, I don't the, know why they would do that. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. But I mean, it was there yeah, was it was there people, were murmurs people, around yeah, there. People, People thought FAU was a really, really yeah, good team. Yeah, I mean, OU was only favorite, I think, by 23 or something like that. And that would be fine. If they if if FAU lost to OU by 28 even, yeah. if they lost like 42 to 14, well, it's a different conversation. But yeah, they lost 63. 63 to 17? 63-17. Wait, what was the final? 63-14, actually. You're reading me like five scores now. 63-14. Okay, 63-14. Yeah, they I scored mean, two touchdowns, yeah. one in the third quarter, one in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So anyways, I think it's something as well. Uh, finally, on something or nothing, we have, is it something or nothing, Seth dancing in the locker room after the game. Will we see more of it, Colin? That's I what think, we need to know. I think Seth dancing in the locker room is something. Seth will be doing we will. a lot of dancing in the locker room. <laughs> Every game, there's going to be dancing in the locker room. If you haven't seen it yet, go to the, um, I think, Mean Green Sports. I, I saw it everywhere. Mean Green Sports has it. Luke Della has it. Jordan Stepp has it. Um, check out all their Twitters. Seth is gonna dance. Seth Seth broke it down yesterday, and I, it was so much fun to watch. I think it's so funny too because on the sidelines he just sits there, is you know he kind of has his head down all the time, yeah. and you know just kind of analyzing everything. Second against the locker room, it's like he's he's it's, just a whole new man. It's dancing time, baby. yeah, it's, it's, it's dancing dance. time. Get them cowboy boots on. They're, they're, they're all the players like go lit, go Latrell, go Latrell. I, I saw the nickname Coach Lit. Coach Lit. It's sticking. <laughs> Lit with two L's, obviously. Yeah, we're about yeah, yeah, of course, of um, course. I think it's something, too. I don't think we'll see it every game, but we're going to see it if they... Enough. We're going to see it after La Tech, and we're going to see it after FAU if they win those games. Those are big wins. Those are really big wins, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they won't celebrate if they beat Rice, but who knows. I, I, I'm i always here for more Seth dancing. Because I agree. Seth is not super interesting during press conferences or not super interesting when i talk to him at least during press conferences he's a yeah. little more interesting afterwards and stuff but i need to get in that locker room i have a question for you though well, well this is going to be a something or nothing for me for to you oh, okay go ahead is it something or nothing i'm trying to figure out how i should word this go ahead word it right will will this season be something or nothing to set the trail, no longer being the head coach of North Texas. Why? Why do you have to bring this up on week three, Colin? Had to do We're it. We're in week three it, because it's talked about by who? Nobody. What do you mean by who? Yes, by people. Bro, it's week three. Okay, you gonna tell me something or nothing? I'm or not? saying. Okay, you well, you're asking me on the whole season, right? Perspective, and I think they're gonna go eleven and one. At who are they worst. losing to? Because I'm just curious. It probably FAU. If they lose a game, it's gonna be the FAU. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, mean, I could see them. FAU La Tech, they'll lose. They, I'd probably give it like a 50-50 chance they lose one of those games. So, and that's in the grand scheme. So, I mean, if they go 11, 12 and one overall, or thirteen and one, wherever it is, 
I mean, yeah, it's definitely something. It was something last year going nine and five. I'm sorry, I had to, so. I had to turn in your your fake something or nothing into something that was sad. So, well, we were gonna end it with Seth dancing, but we ended with Seth leaving instead. <laughs> Seth leaving. So great job, Seth Colin. Seth great job. Anyways, Liberty preview. Oh, that's right. That's right. We have Liberty preview next. Um, what what minute are we at? What minute are we at? Uh, we are at. I can't check. You oh, can't. hour ten minutes. Okay, sweet. Let's get through Liberty in about. Five ten minutes or so. Yeah. Not not too much. This is this isn't some crazy thing to talk about. Yeah, Liberty. Um, their game against Norfolk State got canceled this week, so they basically had to buy this week. Mm-hmm. They got rescheduled for December. So everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, it got canceled because of the hurricane. Obviously, they're right. from Virginia. They play in Virginia, and so hope the game will be in Virginia next week uh, against them. And it will be a night game, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, Liberty beat. The crap out of Old Dominion. Yeah, fifty-two to ten. I think actually think it was fifty-one to ten. And no, I can't write. It was fifty-two to ten. So fifty-two to ten. Yeah, ODU got destroyed. Then they beat. Uh, they lost to Army thirty-eight to fourteen. Army did their five hundred-ish rushing yards a game. Jesus. Um, um, the one thing I did notice is that they have a pretty good uh, um, passing offense. Mm-hmm. So uh, their quarterback Stephen Colbert. Yes, that's Cal- right. Calvert, sorry. Yes, um, Calvert. Sixty percent uh, on. Uh, Passing six touchdowns, one interception. Um, they also um, they have two receivers that average twenty nine yards per catch, and then they have one. Each of them have a touchdown, and the other one has nine uh, nine receptions for eighty six yards and three touchdowns. Okay. Um, so that could be stats padded from ODU, but but Old Dominion's but a regardless, top USA team, right? You know, regardless, it's a Division one. It's a Division one team, I should say. Regardless, this is Liberty's Barely. first year in the FCS or FBS. Sorry. Um, and this is—they're not even in a conference. So. Yeah, they're independent right now. Yeah, um, I think that I think this is probably going to be a more challenging in the SMU. It could, yeah, it it, it could be. It be- could very well be. Yeah, and I think that just because of the passing game, they actually they have more dynamic, uh, d- dynamicism. That's not a word. Okay. They have more dynamic playmakers. Yeah, and and uh, they also average um, their rushing offense is five average 5.7 yards per carry okay and that's against an army defense that's that's pretty stout yeah we know that firsthand yeah so <laughs> yeah exactly two years in a row um so i think this game will be more challenging than SMU. i don't think it's gonna be lost by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination but i think this game will be another test to kind of gauge where the mean of the performance of the defense and offense will be that's a good that's a great that's a great point to find we, we're just slowly figuring out how steadily consistent both of these units are so yeah i think liberty will also be a good test um i know calvert is very good because i did the preseason preview on, on them i read about them as well going into the season uh i know calvert's good um it's gonna be the first year in the fbs i know they have a pretty tough schedule um, yeah they play auburn they play troy they play they play like four they play north power texas. fives <laughs> they play north texas uh yeah, but they play they play ridiculous teams yeah, this season. Yeah, so I mean, this is gonna be a feet, uh, a year of getting their feet wet in the FBS. Um, obviously, last year they beat Baylor. That's what a lot of people know them for. Liberty beat Baylor. You know, Baylor was bad last year, and Liberty beat them. So um, we know that this team will have playmakers. We know that offensively they're pretty solid. So it's gonna be a challenge for the defense again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be locked in. I think a big thing is North Texas has to be locked in after this emotional win, like. Yeah, they can't get in over it's, their heads. It's, it's on the coaches. I think big part, a big part of it is, but the coaches have shown me nothing 
Yeah, to, I mean, they're prepared every game. Yeah, the only game they weren't prepared for last year was the FAU game where they got rammed. But you could argue that even if they were prepared, yeah, I mean, we they, they were definitely prepared for that Florida game, and it just kind of it just still kind of felt like yeah, especially the Conference USA game, the championship. That's game. what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it might not have mattered anyway. They might have been focused in that game and just got wrecked. So I don't know if we've seen this team unprepared. In a, no. in a large way since Seth. No, I don't think I don't think they've been so unprepared that it's contributed to them just being that they haven't been able to get out of it yeah. and end up losing the game. Mm-hmm. I think every week, if they did lose the game, it was because they just were outplayed. Yeah, and FAU, it wasn't it wasn't Troy, because yeah, yeah, you know, good teams, Iowa, stuff like that. So, um, Liberty, I think that I I don't know. We can we can we can talk predictions real quick. Yeah, um, because I do think. Their offense is pretty po- is pretty potent. Yeah, I mean, to be able to put up a good amount of points against Army and uh, Old Dominion. Well, how much did they put up against Army? Fourteen. They put up fourteen. Okay, yeah. So never mind. They put up fourteen against Army, and North Texas Tech really should have a better defense than Army, or at least on the same level as Army from what we've seen. But it's gonna be another chess- test for the secondary. Yeah. Uh, you you can do your pre your prediction first. Well, I mean, I think it like I mean. Or if you have anything else to add. Well, yeah, so, I was gonna say I think we both are having kind of trouble. Figuring this out because it's like you have the two really bad teams in SMU and uh, um, Incarnate Word, and then you just go ahead and beat Arkansas. It's kind of hard to figure out like where these this teams yeah. at in terms of how we can gauge what the defense is. Gonna do. We know what the offense is going to do because we've seen that last season and this, um, yeah. and this year, obviously. But I'm talking about like we've seen the consistency. Yeah. Uh, the defense we still don't really know, so it could be. It, I think that North Texas is going to score a lot. I don't think that's going to be uh-huh. obviously. I think it'll be like third high 30s, possibly low 40s, but. I, I don't know what the defense would give up. Okay, so give me your prediction. It, let's go with like uh, let's go let's do thirty eight to. I want to say I'll say twenty. Thirty eight twenty. Thirty eight twenty. So North Texas lowest scoring game of the year. Yes. <laughs> that makes me feel bad now. <laughs> like it, it, it's funny though. It's funny though. They put a forty six on SMU, <laughs> so fifty eight on UIW, and forty four on Arkansas. So. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 49 to 24. 49-24. Okay. 49-24. Now I said 38-20. You said 38-20. I'm writing this down so we have it. Yep. Okay. Good. There's our Liberty preview. We'll see how that goes next week. It's gonna be a road game, so we will not be there. We will not be making a long drive to Virginia. Don't want to drive like 20 hours. Wrong. Not doing <laughs> that. Not doing that. So. <laughs> We're, save, yeah. we're saving our energy for UTSA and a possible close bowl game. So That's very true. And saving our money. Sa- yeah, that money needs to be saved. Because <laughs> we ain't driving back to Virginia back in one day. So. That's true. All right. Um, what's what next? Fi- final take? Final breakdown? Final breakdown. All right. So this is a thing we're, we've been talking about for a little bit. Um, we actually talked about it on the way to Arkansas. And, uh, Thought it was a good idea. Yeah, we, we just want to we just want to try something out. We always we always looking to try stuff on this podcast. If y'all let us know if y'all have any ideas that we could do, whether it's a segment, whether it's a fun segment, serious segment, um, let us know. We're always open to to a questions and always open to um, suggestions. So feel free to let us know. This is a final breakdown segment where one of us uh, we're gonna take turns this week. I'm gonna do it. Um, kind of has either a hot take or a bold take or has something that they really believe um maybe more so than the other person because i know colin doesn't completely agree with me on this but yeah um and maybe you won't either but again this is just my opinion on this so 
we're gonna just have about like a whole four four or five minute little take uh, breakdown of something that I think is very prominent on mm -hmm. this North Texas team and I think is very true for this North Texas team. So without further ado, let's get into it. I think, here's my take. My take is that, and this is not an overreaction and I'll tell you why. The North Texas defense is just as good, if not better, than the North Texas offense and I think that it will remain that way for a majority of the season. And here's why. The, like I mentioned earlier, the defense put the offense in position 10 times of their 18 drives on the 50 or closer yesterday um, at Arkansas. And that is a stat that has not just been against Arkansas. That is something that's carried over from SMU and Incarnate Word as well. And that never happened last year. That was a rarity at times that they would get interceptions, A, because they had eight interceptions on the season, and they already have nine this year. Um, my prediction going into the season was that they were gonna have 14. They're gonna blow that out of the water. And that kind of plays into why I think that they're more important, and I think that they are better than the offense right now. The offense, you look at the scoreboard every, after every game, and it's 58 points, it's 46 points, it's 44 points, and the offense kind of steals the story. I made sure in the first game against SMU to stress that the defense won them that game. The offense had a good game against SMU. The offense had a good game against Incarnate Word. The offense had a decent game against Arkansas, but the defenses will won them all three of those games. Not that the defense had to play great against Incarnate Word, but they did. So when you look at the numbers and you look at the difference in this year's team from last year's, I mean, it it just makes your jaw drop. They're, they cut the points allowed in half, literally almost in half. 18.67 points allowed per game. They are averaging 3.4 yards per carries against. They are averaging 91.3 yards rushing allowed per game and 296 total yards per game. And that's not, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, they have nine interceptions and 11 sacks on the season. They had 23 sacks in all of last year. They have 11 through three games this year, and that's against Arkansas's offensive line. That's against SMU's offensive line, and obviously in Carnival Word, they only had two sacks, I believe, against Carnival Word. So, when you look at those numbers, there's no reason to think that this defense is going to take a major step back at any point in this season. I think that we have we're closer to finding the mean than what we think. I think that this team is able to get off on third downs because they don't let teams run the ball. They don't get themselves into third and short situations. Opponents are 10 of 41 on third downs against them. I think that is a huge stat. And coming into the season, that was the main talking point for this defense. But I think they did it not with what they do, not with what they do on third downs, but what they do on first and second downs. Not allowing the run game, not getting into third and twos, but getting into third and sevens. And that's when they can pin their ears back, and that's when they can really attack the quarterback, which is what we've seen. And I think Cole Kelly, while poor rest his soul, he was just, he was a victim of something that a lot of quarterbacks are going to be a victim to. The pass rush of this offense is, or I'm sorry, of this defense is legit. The linebackers of this defense are legit. And I think the secondary of this defense is legit. There's not a position on here where they don't have depth, and there's not a position on here where they don't have playmakers with experience. 
The only position, maybe you could argue, because I like, you know, I want to make sure that all my bases are covered here. I think that the safety position, they're not great, but Mikhail Sanders is good backup, and at the cornerback position, they only have really have Cam Robinson. But other than that, I think they're pretty stacked across the board as far as depth goes. So I think there's another reason that I think we're going to – I don't just want to talk about how great the defense is. I want to talk about why I think that defense is better than a really good offense. Because at this point in the season, I don't think the offense is playing to their potential. And I think even if they do play to their potential, they're not they're not ahead of the defense of what the defense is doing right now because the defense has just been so dominant in the first three games. So Mason Fine, again, has been good, had a really good game against SMU, had an average game against Carnaward with the interception, had an average game against Arkansas. The run game, like we mentioned, bad first week against SMU, bad first week against, or second week against Incarnate Good, not great against Arkansas. It's slowly building up. Then we have Jalen Guyton not having a great start to the year, but you do have a good, good receivers on the outside who can make plays. So that is where the offense, it has not lived up to their potential, despite what the scoreboard says. For, don't let the score deceive you. The offense has not superseded this defense. The defense, this defense has experience. Brandon Garner, EJ Aji are both seniors. Kyrie Muhammad Jr., both cornerbacks, seniors. Kimon Hall and Nate Brooks. Uh, Ladarius Hamilton Jr., Roderick Young Jr., I, I believe. Might be senior, I might be wrong on that. Uh, Ulausi Tualo, all, another veteran. I mean, they just have veterans across the board here. And that instills confidence in them. They have confidence in Troy Reffitt. I think Troy Reffitt's another big part of this defense. And I think that he has been coaching his way to either a promotion to another job I think he's done tremendous this year I don't want to overlook what he did last year because last year wasn't great but I'm talking about this defense this year I think he's been tremendous so the experience is there the confidence is there and I think that the defense is there as well um I'm sorry the discipline is there as well they've only allowed five first downs off of penalties this whole season through three games and if you covered this team last year, you know that there were a lot more of those scenarios where the defense just didn't quite hold the offense down, whether it was because of penalty, whether it was DPI, whether it was a stupid penalty. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios where the defense just didn't look like they were disciplined, but they have that this year. Nate Brooks can be on double routes. We can joke about that all we want, but it's over. I mean, he's <laughs> he's here. I mean, the defense is here. I, I think... This defense is just as good, if not better, than the offense at this point in the season, and I think that that will hold up throughout the season. So that is my final breakdown for today. That was beautiful. Thank you. Glad we tried that out. Um, we're probably running around an hour, 20 minutes or so right now, maybe an hour, 25. Well, I think that's all we got today. Anything else you want to pitch in, Colin? Tune in next week. Oh, we yes. Please <laughs> tune in next week. Um <laughs> We will have a lot more sleep. Way more sleep. Considering that we Man, drove that in. drive. That drive was terrible. Yeah, it was like after the game, we were hyped, obviously. But then <laughs> that, that hype kind of like made it to where we got tired. And then we got in the car and we, got, we went to go eat. And now we're like, oh, man. He, he made me drive first and he passed out for an hour uh, and a half. Yeah, I passed and then, straight out. And then he drove and I passed out for two and a half hours. And then we were there. And yeah. boom. So It was a great time. Great time. It was a great time. I mean, I appreciate the team for letting us cover them and for putting on a show to make it easy to cover them. Man, if we lost, 
It was or sorry, be, if North Texas lost. North Texas lost. It would have been. A I'm sad, in student sad mode day. still. Sorry. Student if, mode if, still. if 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 North Texas lost, <laughs> I might have just you know bucked up and just bought bought us a hotel. <laughs> I might have just we were going to sleep. Drive up to that Motel Eight. Yeah. <laughs> and buy us a room. Honestly. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think I think that, that's all we got for y'all today. Thank you for watching on the stream. Thank you for listening on the podcast. You can check out my work and Gabe's work at 247sports.com, Mean Green 24-7. Uh, if you just want to Google it, it's much easier to find. Way mean, easier. Mean Green 24-7. We send out newsletters um, all, every other day pretty much. We uh, will have VIP content soon. We have message boards that you can comment on. You can post your own topics. You can get insight from me and Gabe. You can get recruiting information faster. I mean, we're just going to have a bunch of stuff on there. We already have a bunch of stuff on there. So feel free to check it out and hit us up with your suggestions, questions, responses, anything you can find. And we thank you for being here. That's a lot. I like that. Thank you. You're I'm so getting welcome. better at it. I'm still hype off the win, man. <laughs> you got to be. You got to be hype off the amazing. win. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. Y'all have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday for another episode of Bernie's Breakdown. Yes.